0: I'm Danielle, and I'm Christy, and you are listening to Snacks
1: with Stein. Let's do it. Wayne's World in my mind. Every oh, yeah. single time. <laughs> hello! Welcome back to Snacks with Stein. I am Christy and Danielle is in
0: California. Say hello, Hello, hello everyone.
1: <laughs> we are back with another full-length Fear Street episode for you. But before we get started, we are approaching our high holy season. There's chilly air and there's general like spooky fuckery happening. So huzzah! Blessings to everyone. Danielle, how's decorating going? Is there any like spooky stuff on your agenda? It's
0: going well. We have we have the house pretty much like halfway there. Okay. Um we bought we finally got on the inflatable blow-up train. <laughs> so, Woo-hoo! Um, that's like my big piece this year. I haven't put it out yet cuz I'm like is it, is it now or do I wait you know like the house like the front of yeah. the house has decorations like we have decorations up we have pumpkins things like that but I'm like do I put her out yet do yeah. I we've been debating and then I'm always like I paid 90 bucks I should put this thing out <laughs> you know <laughs> so um, but yeah so we did so um, we did Haunted Mansion so everything outside is like Haunted Mansion I like found a bunch of cool stuff That's wonderful. Lowe's had a lot of cool stuff. So I got a lot there. And I actually, the blow up I got is the big Leona, her tomb and um, her gravestone. I'm sorry. And the reason I got it is because it not only is it six feet tall, which is insane. It is, it talks and it lights up. So I'm like, okay, for 90 bucks, you get a lot, like it's a lot of situation. And if you take
1: care of them, they last a long time. Yeah. Seven. Our dragon is seven years old now.
0: Oh, sweet Kevin. Is Kevin up yet? Oh, no, you can't decorate till October.
1: No, well, the inside is decorated, and the lights are up in the windows but not turned on. So I kind of felt shame because I'm in, like, a legit, like, neighborhood now. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to make a deal with myself. I will put (laughs) a few things out in the yard, but I won't put up, like, lights and the whole shabam until oh, October. We didn't give
0: 2 Fs. Like we're the okay. we're, we're the first we're the first house every year and like I am sticking to my guns on that. I'm like no, it's gonna be me. Like it's it's gonna be us. I don't care. Like we don't if we're having a party which we're not this year, but like if we're having a party, we don't do like the full thing until closer to that of course. But, like, our normal decorations, we start them in September. And then we build, yes. you know, little by little. Well, when but, you
1: have so yeah. much, it takes so, it takes so long to put it all up. Mm-hmm. And yeah.
0: so it's, like, then you feel like you put it up and you have to turn around and take it all down. Exactly. That's why I'm, like, I'm getting two months out of this. You know, yeah. I spent money. I'm getting two months out of it. I like my lights. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, whatever. And, you know, it's fun because, like, there's a lot of kids in the neighborhood. And, like, they walk by and they're, like, oh, you know, so
1: oh, it was it's... adorable. So we have a, a little bendy spider. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, you know, her body is about the size of a football, but her legs like bend. And we yeah. always put her on the mailbox. Um, every year that's the mm-hmm. mailbox spider. Well, this year I put a little bow in her hair Aww. to make her like even like a little more festive. So she's got like kind of a giant Texas cheerleader bow situation happening. That's amazing. <laughs> and. I was walking by the office the other day, and I'm, I'm still getting used to, like, you glance out of windows and memorize shapes, and then when shapes are different, you go, what? And you go back and see. Yeah. And there was someone <laughs> standing at my mailbox, and I'm like, what the... F-? And I'm like, I'm ready to, like, strap and go. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a guy, and he's walking with his, like, maybe three-year-old daughter, because there's a lot of walking going on. We live in an older neighborhood, so everybody's uh-huh. walking around. And he's holding her up so she can pet the spider.
0: It was so cute. That is so cute. She had to pay little. It reminded me of this little boy we saw coming out. Where I go to get my Starbucks in the morning before work is this uh, grocery store. And it was pretty early in September. Like, they didn't even have pumpkins yet or anything. Now they do, but they didn't yet. And it was early in the morning, and this little boy is coming out. And he's probably, like, three, I would guess. And he's in, like, pajamas. So at first thought, he's holding something fuzzy, and I thought it was a blanket, because like, it's, you know, whatever, kids bring blankets, and it was one of those. One of those big spiders. <laughs> he's a little name, friend. Yeah, so they must have <laughs> just bought it. it was like, that's amazing. <laughs> Apparently, Yay. children are a fan of the big
1: fuzzy. Drink blanket. it in, my friends. This is mm. the only time of year we get it. Yeah. Roll around.
0: So yeah, decorations okay. are up. We're doing... Serotonin is good. On that yeah, front. <laughs> it is.
1: It is. I feel it more this year. I don't know. It's just because it's new house,
0: neighborhood. Yeah, it's a different mean, You will you get, yeah. get, get trick or treaters. this I year, I am right? for the first oh. time ever. I'm so excited. That is so exciting. You I think to I'm gonna good, put like yeah. a
1: fog machine up on like this, yeah. the roof so like it comes to get, down. You have to get like
0: bomb candy, like good candy. So you you're known as like the good house. The good <laughs> house. <laughs> we'll
1: see. I have a little bit of anxiety because like I. I am like a hermit woman on a mountain. Like, I, know. I don't like people in my area or around my stuff. So, like, I'm gonna have to be okay with like maybe some of it gets stolen. Maybe some of it gets ruined. Like, maybe, well, like, so we well, have it's a big
0: not that
1: bad. <laughs> in the front yard. We have this like big, like, steel decorative lamppost. It's mm-hmm. one of those like has like four globes around it and then like a globe oh, on the top. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I thought it would be cute. I went and bought a full size skeleton and I'm going to set him up like he's swinging around it with like an umbrella and a little fedora. Oh, I was going to put a, a little sign out front that said, Jean Skelly screaming That's in the voice.
0: Yes. Do that.
1: That's <laughs> I was like, no one's going to get this. <laughs> Somebody will.
0: Somebody will get it. Somebody will. So, But yeah. I have to be okay with, like, Jean getting, like, harassed or, yeah, like... Yeah, potentially. But hopefully not. Hopefully you don't have, like, a hooligan neighborhood. <laughs>
1: yeah, I hope not. I'll just open the door and let Luna bark at them like she's going to take her face
0: off. Yes. she can be scared. Okay.
1: Well, we have a book to get to, and you know, fear streets are long,
0: so let's get into it. Uh, before we do, do you have snacks? I do tonight. I actually okay. do. Okay. I have a Pumpkin Spice Frosty from Wendy. Ooh. Tell me about that. I haven't tried it yet. I don't know if it's going to be gross. We'll find out. (laughs) I'll give you my review at the end of the episode, how I feel about this frosty. Don't get me wrong.
1: I like pumpkin spice, but some things. Some things, no. No. And I, Frosty is such a distinct flavor for me. Right. Right, that I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around
0: so I don't know if, if you, you ever tried so with Frosty what they do is like it's just a whole new flavor there's no chocolate involved Oh, oh, yeah. okay Yeah, I gotta disassociate with, the chocolate Right, so what you're, te- what you're gonna know though Is the texture Because the texture of a Frosty is unique So that's what carries over But there's no chocolate So like they've done strawberry And they have vanilla now And they did do peppermint at Christmas Which was absolutely garbage In my opinion Is it non-dairy? I don't know, that's a good question Babe, you should know <laughs> I know I know. Everything makes, <laughs> everything makes me sick, so, you know. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, do you know what I'm having? What are you having? I am having a world's finest chocolate caramel bar. I'm literally eating pan candy right
0: now. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard in my like you're. you're I saved it. You're bringing back the childhood memories. I saw One. you posted. Yep. Um, I so and by the way, not just double back frosties are not non-dairy, so I will take that. But um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I saw you posted the flyer for the kids fundraiser, and I was like, holy balls! They still do this. Like I, I was also it. surprised. I could not believe it. <laughs> yeah, my my
1: daughter's uh, school. For um, just like a general like school fundraiser, it's like it, it's exactly what it used to be. It's world's finest chocolate. You get a little cardboard box with a handle. There's like sixty bars in there, and they're a dollar a bar.
0: And that's that is I amazing. Mean, I mean, I even think the chocolate tasted good. Still taste I good? love
1: them. Okay, like yes, it's delicious. <laughs> so like, but now so world's finest. It used to be milk chocolate, um, almond, yeah, caramel. And that uh-huh. was it. Yeah. That was your choices. Now there is a dark chocolate. There's a wafer. Uh, there's a crisp. Oh, wait. I think you used to be able to get crisp. Oh, I know. I remember crisp. Crisp was, yeah. was, was the jam. Crisp was
0: the jam. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, but I, caramel is my favorite.
0: And yeah, it's changed a little
1: bit. I, maybe I'm bigger, but it seems smaller. <laughs> Um, But it is actually it's weirdly just the right amount because I'm not a candy bar person I've Mm -hmm. never been a like candy at the checkout person because we grew up poor. You didn't even ask Don't even look at the candy. All right. Yeah, it's it's out of the question. It's not happening It's gonna be crying like don't even go there. You're gonna ruin your whole day So as an adult, it's just not something that I partake in but every once in a while one of the kids will, you know, say, hey, can we get a candy bar? or whatever? And it's like, it's too much chocolate for me in one sitting. Mm. Um, but this seems like the correct amount. Yeah. That's, it's like that's you're not true. hungry for more chocolate, but you have enjoyed the chocolate. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? I just have such a hard time now. Like, here we are on a tangent. But it's important. It's important. I don't know, because my mom said the same thing. I don't know if my taste buds have just completely changed as now, now I'm an old person, but like just Reese's and like Butterfinger and like, those types of things, the chocolate is not good. Like no. I remember as a child that the chocolate, the t- magic, the, the chocolate tasted really good. And now I'm like, this chocolate just tastes so fake? Like, what is this? You know? But then I'll go get like a good chocolate from like C's or we have, I don't know if you guys have C's, but like
1: yeah C's
0: it or Godiva or like even Dove oh, chocolate, Godiva's right? my favorite. You know, Dove chocolate, that's chocolate or like something like that. That to me is good chocolate. So I don't know if they just changed the chocolate and like generic candy. feels waxier. Yes. Yeah, I get it's, you. It's definitely like the quality is just not the same as it used to be. Like they're cutting. But it's formals. just like
1: really high-end, really good food. Yeah. You don't need a lot of it to right. enjoy it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much happening in your mm-hmm. face.
0: True. Um, I love good Godiva. Godiva is my yeah, end Godiva all be is always, all. Is always a fave. That was me when I when I went to the mall, that was like my treat.
1: <laughs> it really is. It's a treat. It feels mm. like you are doing something special.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. So, that's what I'm having. Okay. That's what I'm having.
0: I love it. Right the, mem- so- the memories of fundraising.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Well, of all the fundraisers, I'll take chocolate over those goddamn catalogs any day. Oh, I don't yeah, want did- wrapping paper. paper. I don't want popcorn. Don't nobody want popcorn? I don't want your cookie dough. Mine's better. Yeah. Like, the
0: cookie dough is a tough one, yeah, too. Yeah. It's
1: super yeah. gross. At least this we is something I school. can enjoy.
0: I was out of school before cookie dough was a thing. So, like, we had... We did the chocolate, of course. The catalogs were the never-ending thing.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, Mm -hmm. every year. Well, in Colorado, though, they don't – they're very, like, health-conscious. So they would never sell chocolate. Like, we did a run every year. Like, Mm -hmm. that was their thing. You would give to the run. And then the kids would run so many miles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every year. That was the fun. How exciting. just kidding. Yeah, super (laughs) exciting. I don't know. They had fun. If they did, like, a color run where they got to throw packets of color at each other, that was more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Yeah, and then Roman would come home with, like, stuff in his hair. Natalie would come home crying because somebody threw theirs too hard. Like, oh. You know? Yeah. We digress. I'm so let's sorry. get into today's book. And there's going to be lots of confusion because the main character in today's book is called Danielle. <laughs> I will That's also say like this book can... is extremely fresh. I finished it today. Like, I read the majority oh. of it. Today. We're confident
0: professionals around here.
1: Supes perfect. (laughs) okay? It's not my fault. My ovaries (laughs) tried to kill me from the inside out, and I lost a day um, (laughs) trying to exist. So everything's better now, but like, it put me back a day. So, but any hoodles. So tonight, we are covering Bad Moonlight.
0: I love it. I need you to look up this cover while I okay. get into this intro. Is it a werewolf book? They don't have super... They don't have, like, monsters, huh?
1: No, not really. But yes, this one's obviously a werewolf. And that's not oh, a spoiler. Is. You can oh. see it, obviously. Like, when you look oh. at the... That's totally what it's about.
0: Okay. Um, I predicted it. Oh, I see the cover. Okay. <laughs>
1: so, I chose this one because I unpacked my box of Fear Street books and actually... This is one of the few books that I have left in my stack that we haven't covered. Like, I had to keep, like, keep going. I'm like, nope, we covered that one, covered that one. Mm. I'm gonna have to buy
0: some new books. I know, like, are you running out? Oh my goodness. I am almost
1: to the point of running out. Like, I'm gonna have to buy some new books. I've been, I've got the saga out of the corner of my eye. Kind of Mm -hmm. eyeing that. Um, the problem with that one is there's, there's, there's like, it's like a mini series. Mm. And where do you stop? Like, do we do one, two, and three? Do we do one, two, three, four, five, and six? Like, I... Uh, I don't yeah, that know I have not come planning. to I would like to do a few more of the his point books because we haven't done a point horror
0: in a bit, yeah. In a bit. And I think
1: we're due. So I might I might look for one of those next time. Um so yeah.
0: Um
1: uh, any case, this is Bad Moonlight. It was here, we haven't covered it. Uh, mostly because I thought that it was part of a series, but it turns out that it's not. Um It's a super chiller i don't know i can't remember what that distinction means um it just says that like on the spine of the book it says like super chiller like and i don't know why um and the cover is kind of cool which danielle is looking at and i suggest you at home to look at if you haven't seen it because it is extremely indicative of this time period and i'm I'm not quite sure what we were going to get into with this book because I had not read it before. So I'm like, okay, well, obviously this is a werewolf book, but outside of that, I don't know what's happening here.
0: So actually, a Super Chiller were spinoffs. Fear okay. Street super Chiller is a spinoff of the teenage horror fiction series, Fear Street, and it contained 13 books that were published from 1991 to 1998. So there's 13 Super Chiller. That actually makes sense,
1: because while our girl is from Shadyside, um, she's not in high school.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: Like, she has just graduated.
0: Okay. So, like, maybe that's what
1: qualifies Mm -hmm. it as, like, a spinoff. But anyways, so the cover shows two young, aspiring vocalists on stage. They're surrounded by stage lights and the shining in the background, kind of like those music videos from the 60s, where, like, the lights kind of twinkle behind Mm -hmm. the artists, right? Um, and they're dressed in what can only be described as clueless chic. Yeah, right. This is mm-hmm. mini skirts. One girl has on like a striped beret. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you if you don't if you can't see it, you need to go ahead and look it up. Um, in the top left corner is a picture of a wolf howling at the moon. I mean, I got a little because like this looks kind of awesome and like weird. Yeah, the fun cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. like uh, yeah. So let's do it. Copyright is from 1995 Parachute Press, and mine is a first edition. Ooh.
0: It's worth seven, It might be worth $75. To sell it. it is totally not worth $75. <laughs> if eBay says so, <laughs> well, I might have to sell some to buy some. That's why I'm looking um, at this picture right now, and it says $76.44. <laughs>
1: yeah, but that's like somebody in like another country who's like, you know, <laughs> I think they just like troll. With prices sometimes. sometimes. Sometimes it's like, $4,000! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> um, so we begin with a prologue. Ooh, a
0: prologue.
1: Danielle and her little brother Cliff are walking into the grocery store. Danielle is 18 and as she catches her reflection in the silver soda soda cooler, she thinks to herself that she's so skinny and shapeless. She looks more like 12 than 18. Cliff is 10 and he is acting 10. He's doing his best impression of a rhino and he's headbutting everything in sight. They are joined by their Aunt Margaret, who has been taking care of Danielle and Cliff for the last three years since their parents died. And even though they didn't really know their aunt that well when she took over raising them, Danielle thinks that she is, uh, tough looking. So Cliff takes off in a run down the aisle with a cart, and Aunt Margaret asks Danielle if they've decided on a name for their band yet, because the band doesn't have a name. So that's kind of a recurring theme. They keep trying to think of, like, a name for their band. There are six members of the band. It's D, so that's like capital D-E-E, Kit, Billy, Caroline, Mary Beth, and Joey. Got it? Mm-hmm. And while Danielle and Caroline thought that, like, the name Musically Challenged would be a really funny name for a band, Billy thought, you know, it sounds too negative. And this is where my band name story comes in. So, like, quick aside, I went Sunday night with my friend Tinker to see The Nun 2. Um, wow. the movie's garbage. Um, but... At the end uh and if you haven't seen it earmuffs s- spoiler alert La-la.
0: there is
1: there is a scene at the end where she talks about how like it's your faith that makes during communion that makes the wine the blood of christ it, it mm-hmm. is because you believe it is so there's a scene at the end where they turn a bunch of wine to the blood of christ mm-hmm. to kill the thing and it comes like shooting out of these barrels and like a giant wave and so i was reading on reddit afterwards because i was angry And I needed to go to Reddit to see how many other people were angry. And somebody posted that Jesus Blood Tsunami is the best metal band name they've ever heard.
0: That is great. Jesus Blood Tsunami.
1: I mean... I love it. It's just a thought. Excuse me. But three of them are just returning from a two-week van tour, right? Where they're playing as many tiny music clubs as they can get and even though they had been pulling some really like decent crowds danielle is so tired of being on the road and she's excited to eat something other than fast food tonight aunt margaret tells danielle again how happy she is that danielle decided to give the band a real try for a year before going straight to college danielle wanders around the store and kind of zones out like she has this twilight zone moment where things start to look not right The lights seem tinted green and the shoppers seem strange. Their smiles are too bright and they seem to be looking right at her. And then she hears Cliff asking her what the hell she's doing. And it's only then that Danielle realizes that she has taken a package of raw beef, ripped it open and started to chew the bite in her mouth. She swallows and blood runs down her chin and all she can say is she doesn't know what she's doing and we fade out dun,
0: dun, dun,
1: dun. i assume that we're in the past now because we are in the tour van okay mm. So this has to be during the two weeks where Danielle was traveling around with the group, right? So we've got Joey, who has long curly hair and quite literally wears his sunglasses at night. And he's driving the van, right? He's driving the van too fast like an asshole. And of course he's doing this to, you know, impress the girls. He's kind of sexually harassing the female members of the band at the same time uh you know weirdly enough n- nobody wants to take him up on his offer to come and sit on his lap that kind of stuff so we assume that this is like a huge 15 passenger van set up with like long bench seats um because all of the girls except for d would rather cr- like cram themselves into the middle seat than like sit next to him the seat next to him is vacant <laughs> like, on purpose. Kit and Billy are the other two guys, and they're sleeping in the last row of the van, and they never wake up once, right? Despite Joey driving super fast and taking turns like a Formula One racer. Bill uh, is like this dark kind of like. Oh, excuse me. Bill Dark. His last name is Dark. Oh. Bill Dark goes by Billy. Um, and... <laughs> Billy! And he's the band manager, and he's also the oldest member of the band at age 22. Kit is technically their roadie and equipment manager, but he's also the resident hottie. Okay, seriously. Kit pulls more tail than the rest of the band combined. I don't know. Fill, fill in the blank of your favorite band hottie here like he does not really describe kit very much we get a few things but for the most part just understand that he's extremely attractive the girls are talking about the band name again Mary Beth is the quick-witted one and she's cracking jokes about how they should just call themselves the beatles and be done
0: i mean it worked out
1: for those other guys right
0: so funny
1: (laughs) oh caroline is more intense and serious and she's got like the short she caroline is the girl who cut her hair in the pixie cut everybody knows that girl
0: who like just like yeah okay yeah
1: Yeah. she had the balls to cut it Mm -hmm. it was very trendy it was very cute but you literally had to chop it all off like you had to go there that's caroline And there's something kind of intimidating about that. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's like the girl that pulls that off has some balls, right? And so does Caroline. D, D capital E-E, is literally our Dion, right? She's the cute, sassy black chick. She wears cornrows and huge earrings. And while this description doesn't really age that well, we get it, okay? And there is some bad blood between Danielle and Dee, because D was the only lead singer until Danielle auditioned for them weeks ago, and now both Dee and Danielle have to share being the lead singer. And Dee made sure to pull Danielle aside the night of the audition to tell her that she didn't belong in the band. So it's safe to say, Danielle and Dee are not friends. Joey is now climbing what seems to be a mountain pass at an alarming rate. And he's passing cars when he shouldn't be. And he's also making passes at D whenever he makes a joke. He lets out a loud laugh, but it sounds kind of more like a howl. And the car skids out of control and hits a guardrail and flies off the cliff.
0: he
1: does they fly through the air and danielle has time to cover her face and cry no as she hears the crunching of metal and the pop of both the flight she is still screaming when someone calls her name she feels a hand on her shoulder and she opens her eyes and they're all still driving up a cliff but everyone's quiet and staring at her And she's so confused. What just happened? But she tells everyone that she's just had a vision that they all went off a cliff and no one really says anything. Except for Joey, who apologizes for scaring her. And he says that he can't be blamed for being crazy. I mean, the moon's almost full, right? But the whole van expresses concern for Danielle, especially the whole back seat, which still contains the very older, sexy Billy and the very hot Kit. Both of which seem to be making sure that Danielle is okay after this freakout. She assures everyone she's fine, and Caroline even suggests that, you know, a little freakout is a good band name. But no one else agrees. Turns out, Danielle has been having these waking nightmares ever since both of her parents died in, like, a horrible car accident. Oh. I think they may have actually driven off a cliff, and that's why she kind of was triggered. Oh, she has, like, flashbacks. Right. So Danielle's talking quietly with Caroline about seeing her counselor and what they're doing to try and stop these nightmares uh, that she's been having when her hair starts to stand up. And I don't quite understand this description, but from what I understand, like, they're pulling into the hotel, her hair starts to get, like, coarse and change texture or something. Whatever. Where the two girls are freaking out because it seems Danielle's hair is changing texture. and it sticks straight up. And that's all it is. I, I have no idea. There are certain things in this book that I'm like, um, I'm not being a bitch. Like, that's just all there is. Like, I would love to, like, bring it on home and, and tell you what, but, like, it's some amazing. stuff just doesn't make sense. Like, okay.
0: That doesn't make sense to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. And then you're just gonna have to roll because this is a weird one. Um, I think somebody in our Facebook group was like, yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, they weren't wrong. Mm. They were not wrong. Um, weird. Well, anyway, we're at the hotel now and all the bandmates explode from the van because damn, that's a lot of bandmates
0: explode from the van. <laughs>
1: The hotel sucks, but it's cheap. There's no AC. Personally, I don't need to be famous, but that's bad. Okay, like, we need AC. Billy suggests that everyone unpack and head over to the club to check out the space. And Dee keeps complaining and giving Danielle all these cryptic warnings like, You'll be (laughs) sorry. Like, you do. I don't think I've ever said the phrase, you'll be sorry, to another
0: person and been serious. No, it's always been, like, stupid. Like, you'll be sorry. (laughs) You'll be sorry. Maybe I said to the dogs. I probably said to the dogs in seriousness. (laughs) Like, if you eat that, you'll be You'll be sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Never to another adult. No. (laughs) Danielle is not deterred, though. She is in the group, and she's going to give this music thing a shot. They walk up to the Rocket Club, which is the biggest venue that they have played yet. It'll hold over a hundred people. This is the big time. The little club is packed tonight with people dancing the CDs, and Dee pulls Billy out onto the dance floor. Danielle finds someone to sit so she can get a look at the stage, and she's daydreaming about being up there and living her rock star moment when Joey slides into the chair next to her. Stein describes Joey as kind of like a wiry kid with like long, dark hair. So my mind immediately goes to like kind of a Jim Morrison type. Yeah. Um, which I actually knew someone who looked a lot like that and acted like a like a wild idiot. Um, so it, that's kind of where I'm going. But like Joey's coming on strong to Danielle. He's putting his arm around her. He's asking if she wants to come to his room. And even getting agitated in like a rapey way when she tells him to fuck off. But Billy materializes out of nowhere and asks if Joey is bothering her. Joey takes off at the direction of Billy's voice. But Danielle ensures him, you know, I can handle myself. I can handle Joey. I'm not worried about him. Billy asks what Danielle thinks of the club. And she tells him she's really excited to get up on stage and sing with a band that has no name. She's chatting with him, um, of course, when she sees Dee mean-mugging the two of them from across the club. <laughs> Kit walks up and announces that he's all set for tomorrow night. Now, don't get me wrong. Billy is handsome in kind of a, a wholesome and like dimply kind of a way, but Kit has the trinity. Jet black hair, good bone structure, ice blue eyes. Kit can melt panties at like 50 paces. (laughs) And it seems Danielle is the latest target. Kit says that he saw a park a few blocks back before they pulled into the hotel and asks Danielle if she wants to go on a walk with him. And when the Trinity asks if you want to go on a walk in the park, you say yes. And Kit leads her out of the club by the hand. So... Here they are. They're strolling down the path, hand in hand, in the moonlight. The park is nice and quiet. It feels good to stretch our legs after being in the van for so long. And Kit just comes out and says it. He says that he's been waiting to get her alone for a long time. And he comes in hot and just kisses her. But that's that's fine with Danielle, because that's kind of why you go on a walk, right? Like... (laughs) so she kisses him back we don't really go on a walk we go on a walk Um, walk. well there's a walk
0: and then there's a walk walk
1: (laughs) yeah she's wanting to walk with him Um, so she kisses him back Um, but some like strange feeling takes her over and she starts kissing him back hard and like aggressive but he's into it he's he's kissing He's meeting her right there <laughs> until Danielle bites down on his bottom lip so hard she draws blood. Oops. And he kind of jumps and jumps back from her and is like holding his mouth and she's she's like, I I have no idea why I did that. You know, somehow like she had some kind of an episode while she was kissing him, right? She knows she has these waking nightmares. And she's mortified. So what do we do when we're embarrassed? We run. She runs in the moonlight all the way back to her hotel room where she tells Caroline she's had another episode and she needs to go to see her doctor the next day. She needs help. She needs it now. She's totally out of control. She just bit this bro for no reason. And Caroline says that she's sure that she can get her a ride back to Shadyside in the morning and get her back then in time to the to go on stage at the club at eight. While Caroline is in the shower, Danielle picks up her guitar and she starts to play. And she has this song that just comes from her mind, right? It just flies to her out of nowhere. She writes a song, almost improv, no edits, no nothing. It seems to vomit from her. And I'm not going to try to sing it because aside from the fact that I don't want to... We literally have no idea what this band is about. Right. Like, he doesn't say ever. This could be a ska band, for all we know. (laughs) Okay? We don't know! We have no clue. I hope
0: it's a ska band. I kind of do. That it is.
1: (laughs) I kind of do. That would be great. Uh, So she's playing this improvised song, and she's repeating the lyrics... Uh, bad bad moonlight right that keeps coming up again okay. in, in in the in the chorus and caroline hears it coming out of the shower and she's like that song slaps that's amazing this is far and away the best song you've ever written she goes down the hall she grabs all the rest of the band to come in and hear it and everyone like not only loves this song but they agree that the name of the band should be bad moonlight so now name we have of, a name. That's the name of the
0: band, not the song.
1: That is the band and the song. Oh, okay. So they love the song so much. We're gonna name the band after it.
0: Ah, uh, that a thing like let me. And I have to think. Like, are there bands that have their songs as their you, band name too? They they name their album. Name their album, but not the band. Like the Beatles don't have a song called Song the named
1: The Beatles, yeah. Right. Or like
0: the Rolling Stones don't have a song called The Rolling Beyonce
1: Stones. Beyonce doesn't have that hit Beyonce. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's
1: weird. Taylor I bet Swift they wear their have own a song
0: called Taylor Swift, right? I bet like... they
1: wear their own t shirts. It's okay. Um
0: That's to their ska band. Yeah. That um, makes me just think now. Does is there anyone out there? This is a dumb tangent, but it makes me think, like, is there a band? (laughs) Right. We have a song called that, too.
1: Um, Double down. So there we are, Bad Moonlight. That's the name of our band. Okay. So Kit, uh, who she's just assaulted, is in the room with everyone. He's got this, like, big bruise on his lip where Danielle bit him. And Dee's like, hey, Kit, you know, what happened to your lip? And he just shrugs. He's like, "I." I kind of shall sit shaving. It's not a big deal. Okay, Kit. Cut your lip shaving? Like, I guess. What are like, you shaving your lips for? She's like, Will you shave at night? And he's like, Yeah, sometimes. In the,
0: in the dark.
1: <laughs> okay. So everybody files out, Danielle goes to bed, and Caroline heads off to talk to Billy about some band business down the hall, like you do. It's a band. Like, it's very incestuous. Like, they're all going to be hooking up with each other. Um, but when Danielle wakes up a little bit later, she sees Caroline is still not back. So she checks the time, and she sees that she hasn't been sleeping that long. She's just kind of settling back down into bed. When she hears this loud, guttural howl outside her window. And just then and there, there's a quick knock at her door. And she can hear Dee on the other side saying that she, she needs to talk to her. She wants to talk to her right now. Open up, you know, open this door. But Danielle is done right now. Like... She's all done. It's been a weird night. She's last thing she wants to do is deal with Dee. So she pretends to be asleep. And eventually Dee just goes away. And there's another howl that comes from outside the window. And weirdly enough, when she hears this howl, Danielle feels like going out there. Like running around and trying to find out where this howl is coming from. But she doesn't. She goes back to sleep. And I mean, I feel her so hard in this moment, because I feel that. Like, unravel a mystery, or sleep. Sleep, sleep. wins every time. Every, every time.
0: time.
1: <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> so the next day, Danielle borrows a car. She drives back to Shadyside to see her shrink, whose name is Dr. Moore. We're not going to talk about how that's a poor name, but okay. Dr. Moore is a big burly dude who just seems to always be rumpled. Like, his glasses are always Mm. smudged. He's just, he's that guy. But he's warm, you know, It's kind of a teddy bear vibe. And despite her not having an appointment, he just fits her in. And she's sitting in the chair across from him, and she's telling him about the events of the night before, and about the waking visions, and about the incident with her almost biting Kit's face off. Um... And you know, the makeout thing, Dr. Moore immediately brushes off as two kids just getting too excited. You know how that happens, Danielle. Mm-hmm. It just happens. It's highly unlikely that she would have acted violently.
0: He seems like a mess.
1: Yeah, he kind of is, but he's also kind of a D-bag. Like you you instantly don't trust him because all of her concerns, he's like let's talk about how this could happen in a natural way. That is not what you're experiencing at all. Yeah. He doesn't really give any kind of credence to the things that she feels. Um, But he does want to address the nightmare. Mm -hmm. So he hypnotizes her. She goes into this dream state where she's running in a field somewhere under the light of the full moon. And running feels good. It feels freeing. And there's someone with her. Someone is chasing her. This makes her mad, it makes her furious even, and she starts to fight with the person who is running behind her. She can't see herself, but there is blood everywhere, and all she can feel is rage. Dr. Moore snaps his fingers to bring her back, telling her that it's normal to have rage. Her parents were killed before their time, and she should express these feelings of anger when they come, because bottling it up will only make things worse. Time's up! Thank you, Dr. Moore. (laughs) But as she's leaving the office, she looks back at the chair she was sitting in, and the armrests are completely shredded. Shredded? It's fine. You didn't need that chair anyway.
0: Maybe a cat lives there.
1: I mean IKEA sucks, right? Like (laughs) what? (laughs) Shredded. It's all shredded. Like to shred her. Um let's see. Okay, so now we jump back to that night at the nightclub. And I guess that this is the first time that me personally I'm realizing this is an all-girl band. Okay. It's Mary. Yeah, it's Mary Beth on the drums it's caroline on the keyboard danielle plays guitar and she sings and d sings and plays the bass um in any event the boys that are with them those are all like their crew billy is the manager joey is the roadie and kit is like the tech guy i don't know any fucking band of that age that travels with a
0: crew no like you might have one friend who just like tags along to, you know, I'll help sell shirts, you know, kind of a thing. Right. But yeah, full crew for this little band.
1: Um but anyways, they're killing it. The crowd loves their rock? Question mark, question mark, music? <laughs> no, <it's> ska. <laughs> ska! Okay, the crowd loves their all-girl band ska music. <laughs> <laughs> and they love the Bad Moonlight song, and they're chanting love for an it. encore of it. They, of course, oblige, and they end up shutting down the club with their quote radical music it at has about has to be, it has <laughs> to be it at has radical at about one a.m. But everyone is still too buzzed to go to sleep. I love it when Mr. Stein, like, tries to talk like the cool kids, right? Um, This is an excellent, like, this is an excellent example. So when Billy tells Danielle that she was, quote, really radical tonight, and when Caroline says that they're heading off to the copy shop to party, because that's all that's open, and how it's cool, because right now they are still totally pumped, (laughs) from the set they just did and Danielle looks across the club and she's looking around for Kit and she finds him there he is coiling cables in a sexy way that makes her very happy (laughs) like I'm not fucking with you. I laughed out loud because Stein seriously is like talking about how he's coiling these cables and his muscles are flexing under his black t shirt. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, <was> so good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I know we've had descriptions of things before but it is so random and it doesn't go, it like, there's no reason for her to be like, gooning over this dude and his cable like, I don't know <laughs> it was ridiculous so she heads across the stage to ask him if he wants to go to the coffee shop with all of them when she's grabbed from behind and of course, it's Joey yay yay and with- Without warning or consent, he grabs Danielle around the waist and kisses her full on the mouth. When she's able to push him off her, he just complains that he's not sure why she's fighting him. He knows that she's, quote, hot for his body. Oh, God. Yeah. So she wiggles away from him, like, just long enough to see Kit head backstage. So now Danielle's like, great, Kit's going to think, I've got something going on with Joey. This is going to hurt my chances. Psst, Danielle, you just bit his face off. You literally assaulted the dude less than 24 hours ago. I don't think Joey is your big problem. But okay. Not the full front of face assault. Anyways, um,
0: maybe he likes He actually
1: him. He seems pretty cool about it. Like, in the book, he keeps, like, kind of giving her looks. And, like, when she was up on stage, he was kind of, like, undressing her with his eyes and all this stuff. He doesn't see Matt. Okay. So, they all leave the club, and they're walking over to the coffee shop. When Danielle decides, you know, she can't sit around and talk right now. She's got too much energy. She's basically vibrating. She says she'll catch up to them, she breaks off towards the path and she looks up at the moon and she feels this energy just vibrating through her. And she takes off running, running and running and she notices that there's a big iron fence ahead and she's running straight for it. And instead of slowing down, she speeds up and jumps and clears the fence in one bound. She lands on all fours and she notices that her hands are not her hands. They are big, scary, gnarled claws. Mm -hmm. And she screams because she needs a salon like (laughs) ASAP. I can't I can't help here but think of like what a werewolf nail salon would be like. That would be funny. With like the six or eight inch like claws and like Mm -hmm. neon colors with like all the little charms
0: and shit. I love it. <laughs> Stupid.
1: Anyway, so she screams and she notices that she's also not alone. Someone else is in the park with her, seeing her unpolished wolf claws and furry hands. It's Joey. And then there's a fade out. was Joey. Next morning, at the coffee shop, everyone is dragging considerably, which is understandable. And Joey... Still has not showed up for breakfast. Billy's getting annoyed because he needs Joey to pull the van around so that they can start packing up and heading back to Shadyside that day. Kit says that Joey went out last night and he never came back to their room to crash. Danielle is suspiciously quiet. After a few hours of waiting around, they just decide to leave him. Yep, leave him. fuck him. <laughs> Maybe he'll catch up. No lie. Like, they peace out. Dee is the only one who complains that they're not taking Joey back with them. And Danielle calls bullshit, saying she's not sure what Dee's problem is because she never liked Joey anyways. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, uh, So we're all back in the van. Minus Joey. Everyone seems totally cool with that. Um, And a police car, like, speeds ahead of them. So they're they're pulling out of the parking lot. The car goes past them. So they stop the car to see what's going on. Uh, And they see the park. That, you know, they went for the stroll in. She went for a run in. And the cops are starting to, like, shoo away the gathering crowd. But not before Danielle catches sight of a body that has been ripped to shreds. Blood everywhere. Like a wild animal attack or something and at the last moment she sees that the body has joey's face i guess they found joey Uh-oh. that was super weird like everybody's like cool let's leave him i have no That's idea nice. No, but we move on. Like this, this, there's multiple parts of this book where it's like, no, no, this isn't just me going. This doesn't make sense. Seriously yeah. though, this doesn't make sense. Um, but cool. So part two, part two of the book is called Cries. I always think of Drop Dead Gorgeous when I hear like Cries, because she's like, and who would forget? her singing Melissa Manchester.
0: out. Oh my god. I haven't
1: thought about that movie in so long. <laughs> she had a big ass then. She's got a big ass now.
0: Um, <laughs> oh like my god! Living in that movie now.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that movie. Yeah, like you, like I, I don't know the whole. I could quote quite a bit of it. And there's so many people that came out of the like. I love that
0: movie.
1: Revisit. Um, it's three weeks later in part two.
0: And Danielle has,
1: three weeks later, Joey died. Now we got a time jump. Three weeks later. uh, Danielle has no memory of what might or might not have happened to Joey. As she told Dr. Moore, she was jittery. She ran and then nothing. It's just blank. But she's really, truly worried that she might have killed him. Love. And Dr. Gaslight brushes this off, saying she's probably just ran out her energy, you know. Like, then she got tired. She went to bed. So what if D said he heard Joey saying that he was going to go talk to Danielle? So what if Danielle doesn't remember getting back to the hotel at all? So what if Danielle showed, like, a huge lack of concern for where the fuck Joey was when they just decided to drive off and leave him? That's all totally normal. She's traumatized, after all. If she will just count back from 100, he can get her hypnotized and she will feel much better. I
0: don't like what do you it. think about this hypnosis nonsense? What's he doing? I don't know. I mean, we, we kind of know what she is, right? Yep. So, I mean, I'm assuming he's just using that to, like, make her forget you know, her memory is like, oh, you didn't do anything. You know? So she never really truly knows, like, yeah, I'm a werewolf, you know, or whatever she is. Right? So,
1: Mm. I mean, I I know we know more about hypnosis than we used to, but she never questions him.
0: No. She's always just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I also feel like maybe it could totally be a scam. Well, think
1: about the pairing of, like, a psychologist and, like, a patient, that's a odd pairing to begin with. You usually don't have, like, a young girl and, like, an older male. And you certainly don't usually have, like, an unsupervised young girl and an older male when there's, like, some kind of, like, hypnotic regression oh, happening. Oh, yeah, that's like, weird, too. You're right. Yeah, I think it is strange. Um, so she does. Uh, he hypnotizes her, and she feels better. Um, now we're all back in the van, minus Joey, and Kit is driving them to their next hotel and their next gig. He catches Danielle's eye in the rearview mirror. He gives her a playful little wink. Danielle's stomach does a flip-flop. Dee is annoyed, complaining that no one really cares about Joey, and how could they all be doing this again so soon after his death? Danielle finds that this is the perfect time to sing everyone the new song that she's just wrote. She wrote it for Dee to sing, thinking this would be an olive branch, and she pulls out her guitar and starts to sing a more upbeat version of Bad Moonlight, but with new lyrics, the last line of which says, Don't let me kill again. Dee is enraged. She's Mm -hmm. screaming that she didn't kill Joey. Danielle did. Uh, and she lunges at Danielle, and it's a cat fight in a moving van. Okay. Kit gets the van pulled over, and Billy calms everybody down. But Danielle can't believe that Dee really thinks that she killed Joey, which is weird because Danielle just really thought that she killed Joey. Yeah. Was everyone? I guess. I guess after hypnosis, she's cool. Um. They all ride in silence the rest of the way to the hotel. It's raining out. And they... and when they arrive, Kit announces that they need some extra hands to unload all of the equipment. But Danielle feels like this will be a fabulous time to go for a run in the rain. And she takes off. Like a dog without a leash. And she <laughs> runs and runs and runs until her sides hurt. And when she stops, she is so thirsty that she bends over... A puddle of rain and starts lapping up the water Ooh. with her tongue. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you remember The Nutty Professor? It's been, I mean, I watched it probably once.
1: The old to... Disney Nutty yeah, Professor.
0: Like whoever was in that. Uh-huh. The really okay, old
1: that's where I'm at with this book. That's the one where it was like the French girl had the sheepdog and like. Mm-hmm. Was that Nutty Professor or was that something else? Was it named something
0: else? I don't... Well, because was it Nutty Professor, like, what they eventually made into Flubber? Oh, you're right. So, it wasn't Nutty Professor. It was, um... There was the absent-minded Professor.
1: No, this is the one where it's, like, it was the curse and, like, the... the sometimes it was the son that turned into the dog and sometimes it was the dad that turned <gasps> oh, into the dog. and it was a sheepdog, right? And it was a sheepdog. But it was, like, every time you came around and he had turned from the dog back into the person, he'd be, like, lapping water from a bowl.
0: Yeah. Or, like,
1: licking himself. Or, like, in a
0: comical way. Yeah. That's where I'm at with, with Danielle. The shaggy dog. The shaggy dog. Yes. Yes. A boy changes into a sheep dog and back again. Yes. Yeah. And he's in, like, people clothes. Yeah. Yes. Uh Yes. That's what this (laughs) reminds
1: me of. Like, I'm ready for Danielle to just, like, hike her leg and start pissing on a light pole (laughs) and then look at everybody like, what? Let's go sing at the club. Like... That's where this is. So I'm that level of
0: ridiculous. So every time she does something dog-like, I think of Shaggy Dog. Okay, I <laughs> like, know this is uh, this is off topic, but I found I had to look it up. And the poster for the Shaggy Dog said, "A new kind of horror movie, horribly funny." <laughs> <laughs> and it. the dog is like on the phone in a Letterman sweater, and he's like, "I was a teenage boy." <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what this is. I love it You're <laughs> gonna have to re-watch Shaggy Dog
1: I'm sorry mm-hmm. to Nutty
0: Professor fans out there
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry about up. that
0: We, we messed um,
1: up <laughs> Anyways So here we are at another gig Tonight's club is called The Roadhouse, very original um,
0: It's <laughs> not as You worked there
1: <laughs> I don't know, maybe he was Telling everybody to be nice And then, you know Not it being was. a Scientologist Good job Patrick Swayze
0: um, yeah,
1: thought, was he a Scientologist? No, but he oh. was infatuated with what's-her-fuck for a long time. Kirstie Alley, oh, who is a okay. hardcore Scientologist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I read her book, The Art of Men. Um. Which was awful. Um, <laughs> so this is the Roadhouse. It's not as big as the Rocket Club. Okay. But word has uh, started to get out about Bad Moonlight. And they actually kind of make some money at this gig. It's a few hours before the show. And Caroline and Marybeth and Danielle are all getting ready. And they're deciding what to wear on stage. Billy comes into the room and says that he can't find Kit and Dee anywhere. They aren't in their rooms or anywhere around the hotel. They need Kit to set up for the show. So Billy tells everyone that they need to split up and look for him. And they do. They go all around town. Caroline is paired with Danielle, who has another weird vision thing where, like, Dee is killing Kit. When she snaps out of it and makes it back to the hotel, Billy is there with Kit and Dee. And they say that they ran into some friends and just lost track of time. Sure. Kit apologizes and says that he's going to do the, the setup now. You know, he'll get everything ready. And let's all remember that Kit is a naughty little shroudel. And he likes the ladies. Mm-hmm. So we can't really be shocked, right, that he's, you know, maybe playing the field within the band. Um, it's something that Young Attract may Uh Kit's no exception, it seems. But the show goes off without a hitch. They are a hit the crowd is wild calling for encore after encore and afterwards everyone is too jazzed to sleep again and kit suggests that they all pack up the equipment as fast as possible so that they can all head down to the river to hang out right the moon is almost full now and danielle decides that she's gonna go ahead and bail on hanging out at the river she's not sure what the moon will do to her this time after all she's having all kinds of shaggy dog moments That appear to be followed by like moonlight type things. So she's going to go back to her room and write a song.
0: About being a shaggy dog. Yes. When she gets (laughs) there,
1: she finds Dee. And Dee is all like, alone at last. And she's telling Danielle she knows the truth about what happened to Joey. And before she can say anything else, Kit shows up and interrupts them. Dee makes some kind of excuse and she leaves and Danielle tells Kit that Dee really thinks that she's the one who killed Joey. Kit pulls Danielle over to the window and he starts chatting her up. He's like, calm down, you know, let's make out. So he pulls her in for a kiss. Danielle hears some howling outside the window and she asks Kit if he can hear the howls at night. And he says, no, he doesn't hear anything. And he asks if she's okay, and then there's three more loud howls, but Kit can't seem to hear them. Danielle decides that she isn't feeling well, after all. She tells Kit to go to the river without her. She gets another kiss, and he leaves. And that night, Caroline still has not made it back from the river, when Danielle decides to get up and get a pop from the vending machine. When she opens the door, she finds Billy, passed out and drunk, in the hallway. Of course, there was this whole, like, cliffhanger chapter thing where she thought Billy was dead. But yeah, no, he's just super drunk. He came back from the river real sauced. She helps him up and asks him why he drank so much. And he tells her that he's just got a lot on his mind. She asks what could have gotten him so upset. And Billy says that it's bad and that he wants to tell her, but he can't. She can't help anyway. You know what? Never mind. Just leave him alone. And he gets defensive and he yells at her when she asks those pesky follow-up questions and he closes the door in her face. Danielle is just glad that tomorrow she'll be back in Shadyside with her aunt and it will be good to be home and feel halfway normal again. So now we're caught up to the prologue. Remember where she opened the raw meat and ate it in front of everyone in the grocery store like a crazy yeah, person? Like
0: a weirdo.
1: Cool, cool. Have you ever oh, so think, like, seen anything? Yes, we're caught back up. So have you ever seen anything like nuts in a grocery store before? I don't
0: Nothing think I have.
1: Nothing like that, no. Nothing like that, no. No, no, no. So we're back in Danielle's house. We're in Shadyside, and she's telling her Aunt Margaret uh, that she really feels like there's something wrong with her. Aunt Margaret just brushes it off, saying that, you know, trauma from the car wreck and losing her parents in such a violent way is still just taking a toll on its mind. I'm sorry, this show was three years ago. By the way. Like, yes, your parents died horribly, but you're on the verge of a breakdown. It's been three years. I don't understand the timing.
0: Yeah, I don't really know. I mean who can really,
1: like... I know, but, like, it just seems weird. Aunt Margaret's basically saying she just needs to relax. They have a gig uh, here coming up in Shadyside in, like, a couple of days, so Aunt Margaret suggests that, you know, maybe she should just, you know, hang out, go to the movies, or go shopping, whatever. Um, And she's going to go off in the other room and do some chores, but, you know, really, she wants Danielle to relax. And Danielle's She leaves the room. She's like, well, you know, I can't relax. I was supposed to go to the movies. I'm not going to go. I'm going to call Caroline and tell her I don't feel good. So she picks up the phone on the extension. She hears her aunt is already on the phone. And she's talking to Dr. Moore. And the two of them are talking about how concerned they are about Danielle. And Dr. Moore tells her aunt, just come over. Just come and see. We need to talk about her right now. So the aunt comes back into the room and she makes up some lie about how she wants to get to a sale downtown uh, and that she's going to be going out for a little while. And Danielle is really shocked in this moment because she does like her aunt. She's always trusted her aunt. She's never had a reason not to. And her aunt straight up just lied to her. So Danielle's two grievances are A, that her therapist and her aunt are talking about her on the phone behind her back for no reason. And then B, the aunt came out and immediately made up a lie. So she lets her leave and she does what all kids do. She decides it's a really good time to snoop. She's never really snooped on her aunt before, but now she feels like aunt's hiding something from her. So she goes into Aunt Margaret's room and she starts going through her things. She goes and finds files, and it's like a lot of much do about nothing. Like it's like tax stuff and, um, You know her little brother cliff had asked for a computer it's like consumer reports about the best computer you know i guess that's the kind of thing you did in 1995 whatever um and right before she's about to give up and leave she finds an envelope at the back of a drawer that has this wrinkly newspaper clipping in it because this is a device that is like rl stein's favorite thing in the world i don't know how many times we've done this but okay cool so she pulls out this, this newspaper clipping, she reads it, and it's about her parents. And a mysterious death. And she's like, that doesn't make any sense. My parents died in a horrible car accident. Why is this death a mystery? So she reads it, and it turns out her parents didn't really die in a car accident. They were coming back into town. What they think happened is that they had a flat tire. And that caused them to stop the car. And no one knows really what happened after that. But they were found in the car later. And they had literally been ripped to shreds. As if a wild animal had attacked them. So Aunt Margaret has been keeping this from her the whole time. Uh, So okay. So that's the end of part two. And now we're on part three. Which is called Howls. Okay. Not... The rich lady and her husband on the island. <laughs> Weren't they the Howells? I don't
0: remember.
1: I thought they were the Howells. I'm sure it's spelled differently. Who yeah. cares? We're old. Um. Oh, by the way, uh, PSA for all the other old people out there who are old in their shoes, like, want to be an old lady. I'm ready. <laughs> um, I discovered that Tubi has, like, all the episodes of the Curable Net show.
0: Fun. I
1: have been I was so happy watching Carol Burnett. And it's not just Carol Burnett, it's the it's the clothes. Oh, the late 60s, early 70s, yeah. mod clothes. They are Ooh. so cool. Sorry, okay, I digress. Whew, I had a moment. Um Part 3, Howls.
0: Well, I also don't a brief understand. Moment,
1: right? Yes. A brief break. Brief break? Okay, yes. I need
0: water. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I'll be right back. I'm on a break. Does anybody need a basil?
1: we are part three uh i wrote what's with the parts in this book because this like angsty teen drama wasn't like dramatic enough like is he gonna call intermission next and then i had the idea of what if we had like an interactive book that like the book told us what wine and snack pairing we should enjoy while reading the book
0: they told us that
1: no i i just had that idea oh trademark trademarked (laughs) i want books that are going to tell me this is the exact snack and beverage that should be consumed while consuming this content that would be helpful that's a good idea um no one steal it okay so The next meeting with Dr. Moore is not awkward at all. In fact, she immediately calls him out for lying about the way her parents died, and she also tells him that she's mad that they were talking on the phone about her. But of course, the doctor smooths it all over, saying that Aunt Margaret was just trying to protect Danielle. She had planned on telling her the truth later, but that she thought it was just too much of a shock after hearing that her parents had just died. He then tries to put her under hypnosis again, and it's the same old stuff. She's in some kind of foot race with D, and D starts a fight, and then it turns bloody, and Danielle feels like she can just kill D, and she comes out of the state, but this time she's not relaxed at all. She walks out to the car uh, where Caroline was supposed to be waiting for her, but instil- instead she has some kind of a confrontation with D. And she is so tired of D right now. She tells she, her that she needs to calm down. And they're in the middle of, like, her telling her, you know, you need to stop with all this drama and whatever. I'm sorry you hate me, but we, we've got to get past this. Like, we're in the band together. And they're having this conversation when Caroline walks up. She was off doing fuck all. We don't know. but she So she walks up to the car when they're doing this. And Danielle says that D has told her that she needs to leave the band. D wants her out of the band. And Caroline's like, you can't, you know, I can't believe you would say that. We need her. She is the band. This is her song. She keeps writing these great songs. Um, You know, we're not supposed to. And then she says, we're not supposed to upset Danielle. We're Mm -hmm. supposed to keep her calm. And Danielle thinks this is weird, but she doesn't give it too much thought. And we have a fade-out, and now we're back at Danielle's house. And we get another shaggy dog scene where her little brother, like, falls down and cuts himself, and she, like, goes to lick the wound. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. That night, she's walking around her room. She's writing music and freaking out about turning into a dog half the time. And she looks out her window and she sees Billy in her yard. In the moonlight. And she runs down and lets him inside and asks what he's doing there. He is acting crazy. He's acting nervous. He keeps, like, moving and kind of pacing around. He'll step towards her and then he'll step away. At one point he puts his hands on her waist and then he shoves them back into his pockets. He can't seem to decide what he's doing there. And... When she gets kind of agitated with him and asks him what his problem is, he blurts out that Dee has quit the band. Oh. Uh. He didn't talk to her, but she left a note saying that she was out. Which sucks because they're supposed to play a gig in Shadyside tomorrow night, and now they'll all have to play without her. And just like that, he's left in a huff. Ho- I don't. These interactions, they are very quick and pointless, and I don't understand what's happening
0: right now. Yeah, some of these are really random.
1: <sighs> but if I left them out, it's like, I'd skip half the book. Because um, there's quite a few of these little, like, sh- like meetings between different characters that happen quickly, and then we jump to another place. Um, so Danielle calls Kit and says she needs to talk to someone, and he comes over. They meet in Danielle's front yard and they go for a walk. Is it a walk? It's This one's a legit walk. In the moonlight. Like a walk or a walk? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be a walk and then he showed up and she's like, oh, the eyes. It's a sh-. And now it's like a walk, right? Okay. Um, and the moonlight is streaming down and they're talking about B D leaving the band. And Danielle looks up at the moon and she tells Kit she just wants to run. She just wants to run. And she yells, chase me! And she flounces off. Is this Twilight? What is this? Okay. The bitch forgot she's half a dog, a dog. And she leaves him in the dust. Oh, no. He can't keep up. And I'm pretty sure she runs into a yard and eats a rabbit. Oh,
0: my God. Oh, <laughs> This is like, oh, it is Twilight. What is this? Let's you could up, run me.
1: Shit. Okay. So we eat a rabbit, and um, cut to tomorrow night. We're rehearsing for a gig in Shady Side without D. They are playing the Red Heat Club, which, if you'll remember, was featured in some of our other books. And everyone's uptight, but excited to play on their home court or some such nonsense. Um, Even with one band member down. But, uh, will they be? It seems Billy has found a replacement. Shawana Davidson is taking... D's place. Shawana uh, plays the bass and apparently is real quick on the uptake because she learns their whole set. It's like that scene in in that thing you do when he's like, <laughs> "Is that it?"
0: <laughs> and they like, t- like I love that movie like beyond my life. Like it is one of my most so favorite good movies of all time. I was like, <laughs> like seriously so good." you haven't seen that thing you do what are you doing with your seriously
1: but Shawana has left her bass guitar upstairs in the dressing room and she asks danielle if she can go up and get it uh, while she's working on this intro to a song with caroline she says that the bass is in like a big black trunk danielle takes the metal staircase up to the small dressing room above the stage and she finds the trunk but when she opens it Dee's lifeless and shredded body falls out of the base Sh- trunk. of the base trunk, shredded just like it had been in her hypnosis with Dr. Moore. She screams and she sees that Billy has come up the stairs behind her. He has seen and he knows. Danielle really thinks that she killed Dee and just can't remember it. And side note, like this is a recurring nightmare that I have. Um, that I've killed someone and it's hidden okay. their body and that there's someone else who is very close to finding it. And, like, I could be discovered at literally any time and I'm faced with, like, the smothering panic that, like, this thing that I have done cannot be undone. And That's at any moment, like, my life as I know it will end. And I'll enter into another life of someone, like that has another life like this is a and i wake up really upset because i know they're gonna find the body any minute
0: what did you do i have no idea
1: is that just me okay sorry Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) cool um (laughs) so she flips out she tries to run past him but he just says that they can't let her go now and he holds on to her and she slips his grasp and keeps running She runs down the stairs and past the van and past the entrance to the club and out into the street. Her car is blocked in by another car, so she takes off on foot. She's into the woods, and she knows these woods well. It's only a few miles to her house past the river. And she's standing there, trying to figure out which way to go, when Caroline comes out of the woods. Danielle yells that Caroline has to help her, and she says she will, she will. But that Danielle needs to take a deep breath. The moonlight is bright above, and Caroline turns into a werewolf. A silver one, to be exact, but she straight-up wolfs out. Danielle screams, and she runs away from her, out of the woods, towards the street. She sees a car, and it is the band van. The band van, that's hard to say. But when Mary Beth and Billy get out of the van, they also wolf out. What? Danielle reverses course and runs in the other direction down the street with the three of them chasing her. When another car appears, a big cloud moves over the moon, and Danielle can hear Caroline and Billy's human voice and Mary Beth's human voice telling her, Don't be afraid, don't run, she's safe now. But right then, out of the new car, jumps Kit, calling Danielle to come to him. But the others behind her say not to trust him. Don't go to him. He is one of them. But Kit laughs them off and keeps calling to her. So now she's standing in the middle and trying to decide who to trust. So who do you think, Danielle? Who wins? Is it friends or hormones? Hormones. Hormones it is! (laughs) Rescue by a dashing lead character. She runs to Kit. Runs to him. And they both take off in the direction of the van. But Kit is tackled from behind and she leaves his ass to be eaten. Again. She jumps in the van and slams the door. And the key is still in it. And she turns it on and it won't start of course the first time it never does but by the second try the van is going and she's a bad out of hell she's on the way to her house she feels bad she's just not going back for him but she decides that when she gets to her house she'll call for some help right her aunt will help her get some help to kid and I mean it's just a later kind of way it makes me think of Kenny where he's like you should never help people like mm-hmm. I'll ca- I'll call somebody for you all day long, yeah. but mm-hmm. like I'm not stopping. Like it's that. Um. So she gets back to her house, and Margaret's awake. She's in like a um like a robe or whatever, like a, some kind of a dressing robe, mm-hmm. and she's looking tired. And and Danielle starts like spewing all this information at at her. Uh, they're gonna kill Kit. We gotta help him. Blah 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 blah. Like. Um, here's everything that's been happening. Um, you know, her, her aunts should, should be able to help her. And her aunt's like, all right, calm down. You're going to need to calm down. If we're going to do anything about this, we're going to need to calm down. And then she says something like, it's good, you know, now. And Danielle's like, well, what do you mean? And it comes out that her aunt is not her aunt. She's never been her aunt. I mean, she hadn't seen her aunt since she was a little kid. It was only too easy for whoever the fuck this was to kill her aunt and take her place when her parents were killed. No, this woman is here to help prepare Danielle to become a werewolf bride.
0: A werewolf bride. What's happening? Buckle What's up. Happening?
1: Buckle up. <laughs> um, I'm driving the crazy train. Um, so, Danielle, this lady goes on her little like super villain monologue about how she needs to be ready for it to be a bit, and you know, and they've killed her parents. And they've killed her aunt and they've done this all in the name of getting ready for to make her this werewolf bride. So Danielle assumes that because Billy is the band leader, that he must be the leader of these werewolves and she is supposed to be his intended bride. Right. That's what she's kind of put together. So she runs from Aunt Margaret's house And she's trying to think of a place where Billy would not know to go and look for her. So she runs across town to Dr. Moore's house. And she bangs on the door and he lets her in. And he's telling her, you know, calm down. And she's trying to tell him that her aunt is not her aunt. Like, she needs help. Kit could be dead. She needs to go to the police. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, trying to get her to calm down. Trying to get her the whole story. He offers her a drink. She won't drink it. He offers her, like, a sedative. She won't take it. And as she's communicating all this to him, Kit walks in and he starts calling Dr. Moore dad. Dad? So here's where we understand that it was Kit the whole time. All right, so I'm going to go off script here so I can try to explain this in a way that makes a little more sense, because reading it literally, like, it didn't make a lot of sense. So Kit comes in. Through our various conversations with villains, here's what shakes down. Kit is a werewolf. Kit is the alpha. He has control over all the other werewolves, including Dr. Moore and Aunt Margaret. Almost in a mind slave kind of a way. Like, they couldn't defy him if they wanted to. Kind of a thing. Kit saw Danielle three years prior at a concert and decided that she was his soulmate. She's the one for him. So he cooks up a plan, kills her parents and her aunt puts the ant in place to groom her for three years later, him showing up in her life and making her his bride. And once the doctor, Kit's father, per- like performs this wedding ceremony, she will be a werewolf. She'll be linked to him in that same kind of mind slave way where it won't matter what she thinks of him. Going forward, she'll just be his property. Like, and she'll be happy about it, right? Mm. And all the others are under their con- under his control. They've been trying to warn her. They've been trying to like fight against the nature. That's where all this weird random stuff came up. Um, and he ended up killing Joey because Joey kept hitting on her, and then he ended up killing D because D tried to warn warn her. Oh about
0: what was going on. So everyone dying is like her fall. Not- right.
1: <laughs> and the thing is is when you become a werewolf for the first time, you have to want the change to happen. okay? Only the first time, So he's been using her dad to have these hypnosis sessions where he's been planting these suggestions in her mind about wanting to be like a dog or wanting to run, wanting to be under the moonlight, wanting to hunt down rabbits, wanting to whatever. Like that's all coming from the hypnotic suggestions that the dad has been feeding her in their sessions. And... Now that everything's out in the open, it's time for the wedding. They go out to the backyard where they're joined (laughs) by, yeah, they're joined by uh, Billy and Caroline and Mary Beth and Aunt Margaret is there and then the dad is going to perform the ceremony. So she gets dragged out into the backyard. And it's kind of funny because at some point she said she just goes totally limp. So he has to drag her like a fractal <laughs> into the backyard for this wedding ceremony. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and the moonlight. And for some reason, Kit's like, I want to hear our song. And she's like, what are you talking about? And apparently the dad was the one feeding her those songs, too. Like, all the lyrics and stuff. Oh. And he's like, well, I think of those as our song. And he's like, I want to hear you sing it. And she's like, okay. So she's like, they're in the backyard having this weird wedding thing. And she's like singing by herself this weird song. (laughs) and and she's kind of stalling for time and one of the lyrics kind of gives her an idea and so she knows that she has to want the change the first time it happens so she looks up into the moonlight wants the change and she transforms she wolfs out and at that moment she (sighs) turns to Kit And rips his throat out.
0: Wow.
1: And here's the part I don't get. When she rips his throat out, he starts to shake. The dad starts to shake. Their body parts start to fall off. Their head falls off their ears fall off the the arms that like they start to shake apart and like fall apart like vibrate apart like all so like there's body parts fucking everywhere and only the dad and kit does that happen to and everyone else is magically released from their spell and they're grateful and they talk about how they wanted to help but couldn't help and, you know, now, I don't know if she's still a werewolf or not. They would never really come back around to that. Um, but that they all kind of joke about how they never want to see Moonlight again. And that's how it ends.
0: That's the end. Yep.
1: Wow. No. I don't know. Like, I just... I gave up trying to understand a while ago. Yeah. And I don't... I don't know... <laughs> there, I have so <laughs> many questions. I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Like, there's so many elements of this that are kind of fun and cool. Like yeah. The, the band element's super mm-hmm. cool. Like, we haven't done that before. It's something new, something fresh. Like i like that part like but like so many other things just don't make sense like even if we can take the leaps that is necessary you know that we normally take Mm -hmm. i don't pick a fucking direction bro
0: like Mm -hmm. i just a lot yeah i think if it was like tighter like it would have been a really fun story yeah right like i don't know if we had to finish this one quickly maybe maybe it almost feels, like, kind of Lost Boys-esque, right? Because Kind of. Because, like, the remember the boyfriend, the mom's right. boyfriend is, like, the leader, and he's, like... Don't fight. It's so much better if you don't fight. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of gave me that vibe a little bit, too. Like, obviously, way, like, work. Like, way not good. Like, that's a great movie. but like <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, like, sort of, like... That a little bit. I'm like, I think it just needs because like, I like the band concept. I liked a lot of that. I think werewolves are fun and cool. But yeah, it's some different. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's something different. But Especially I for fear because it was really like a monster. It's usually just like my crazy friend or my crazy boyfriend or my crazy mom. Yeah, <laughs> it gets
1: it gets a little tired for a yeah. minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. I like that. So that part.
0: was fresh. But I think it just needed. It just needs to be. It needed to be tighter. Just like more like buttoned up, you know? Like
1: but I, didn't, I felt like some of the details like through the thing. Like if like yes have yes have Kit be the mastermind, yes make it a bride thing cool. It's yeah. kind of weird but fine. But like I don't understand why did they have to fall apart? Like that didn't make any sense. No. Um why did she have to want to turn? That didn't make any sense. Um yeah.
0: Normally they don't care. It's just like
1: whatever. It's like, did you need an element where she could control it? Um mm-hmm. I guess. But uh, we never really figure out who Aunt Margaret is.
0: Yeah, I and about I don't it. understand <laughs> why
1: it had to take three years. Why the lead up, bro? Like This would have worked if it had happened Mm -hmm. months before. I don't understand the three-year time. No, I don't either. Like, did she need time to get over everyone's deaths so she could fall in love with him? Like, and even then, he didn't do a ton of wooing. Like, he's just hot, and they decided to go on a walk, (laughs) and it didn't work out. Like, he's he's not really chatted her up. Like, there's not... No, I love you's were said. I think that that's part of it. Maybe that would have been better. Like if I felt like their connection had been deeper, the betrayal would be better.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Cause there's no, yeah. You're not really attached to it. You're just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, and maybe that's what it's supposed to be. Like maybe it's just supposed to be like, this is
1: a fun one. hmm I don't know. I don't know. There you go. That's Bad Moonlight. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> what else we got, Danielle? <laughs> well, this one should have plenty to talk about because it was weird. You can just tell us how weird it is. That's the conversation yeah. in and of itself. <laughs> or yeah. tell us a better werewolf movie to watch. No, but in all seriousness, um, we're going to try to be better about posting and getting our act together, especially since it's spooky season. And it would be great if you would just tell people about the show. I know we're inconsistent right now. We're hoping to improve upon that. You know, it's life. But even still, we have some great older episodes that you can tell your friends about. So you should do that. Because the more people you tell, the happier we are. And you like us when we're happy. We won't be. Won't we? Won't turn into werewolves when we're sad. That's what we do when we're sad. So... And what are we covering next time? Oh, we're gonna cover we're yeah. doing Goosebumps, right? Yeah. So yeah. um spoiler alert, I'm just gonna know it's not. So prior to this episode, we recorded a little reaction to the trailer to the new Goosebumps TV show that is coming out starting October 13th on Disney Plus and Hulu. And in lieu of book content for me, we will be covering the show. So the plan is right now to probably cover. So the plan is the first five episodes drop on October 15th. I doubt I will watch all five and be able to get content for all five together. So the plan right now is to to watch two and react and record an episode regarding the first two kind of put those two into one episode and then kind of see how the episodes are see what the vibe is like and then decide how we're going to cover it from there if it's going to be one one episode at a time or two episodes at a time ultimately there's 10 episodes so we'll be covering the show for a little while um Unless it's just like an absolute dumpster fire, then we're going to figure out another plan. We'll see about that. But We're assuming a lot. Right? We're (laughs) assuming it's watchable. We're assuming that it's going to be something we want to talk about. I'll want to talk about it once if it's trash and then never again, just to say it was trash. (laughs) But yeah, so the plan from here on for me on the Goosebumps end for a little while is the Goosebumps TV show, barring any craziness and yeah and christy will have your street for us in between so that's the plan <clears throat> Yay. Yay.
1: Mm-hmm. all right well until next time we are out
0: like christmas at hobby lobby, yeah, hobby lobby. <laughs> Bye. bye, bye.